When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. This is the second part of our Q&A show. If it's the Champions League semi-finals you're after, look for the previous episode in this very same feed. This part two of the Q&A show is going to be all about the rest of Spanish football. The questions as ever come from our socios at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Those guys get all of our stuff early and they get the chance to participate in these shows by sending their questions to Graham Hunter, the host of The Big Interview with Graham Hunter, and Pete Jensen, who's a special guest from La Liga Television. Jumping straight in, the first question we have is from our sponsors at Bet365, who moved from the Champions League to the Europa League. West Ham and Rangers both trail by one goal. Who do you see progressing? One, both, neither. So they certainly have the three possibilities nailed down. Let's go nationality stereotype here, Neil, will we? That's a really good idea. Why don't you deal with Rangers? And then, Pete, you can have a little stab at West Ham. Look, the, Neil, the, the, the thing that is, is crystal clear <clears throat> is that um, Rangers without Morelos, uh, I think, most particularly in European terms, lack an outlet um, that irrespective of how you look at his body shape there's a little bit of the Luis Suarez dilemma here you, you, more or less more so you look at him you think well will, will you cut it against top European teams he has been doing so I think Rangers under Giovan Bronkhorst remain um, pretty intense pretty well organised they defend with every man when they have to but they've they've learned across the Steven Gerrard Giovan Bronkhorst here predominantly Steven Gerrard they, they've learned a lot about European competition they've done Massive amounts for Scotland's coefficient for the to the clubs, for pre-qualifying for Europe and for the national team. Um, it's been a bountiful year. I remember going to interview Stephen Gerrard at, at Murray Park and, and doing a calculation that it took, you know, by that stage I forget how long he'd been in the char in charge, maybe a year and a half, two years. At that stage, he'd play, he'd been in charge for as many European matches as Bill Shankly had managed in ten years. Now, that's a real crash course in terms of um, the variety of climates you play in across the entire season, and particularly in the Europa League and eventually the Conference League. The, 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 the variety of massive uh, journey lengths that you have to play if you're playing in one corner of Ukraine or Russia compared to if you're playing against the Dutch team. It's, it's a real education, and I think Rangers have learned. And 
it, although they, they clearly went, and if I'm not wrong, my memory tells me that Kamar Roof wasn't playing either. So when you lose Morales and Roof, um, you know, goal outlet for a club like Rangers, I think that's pretty, pretty brutal. Um, I'd interviewed Angelino a couple of days before the time. <laughs> the theme, which was given to me, it wasn't my invention, was creativity. What makes you such an attacking, creative, clever, um, attacking full-back, uh, attacking wing-back? And he talked a great deal about influences. He talked a great deal about having the chutzpah, having the cojones to attack in the right time. And he talked a lot about how Nagelsmann, before leaving for Bayern Munich, had, had educated him positionally about, like, OK, if you're playing either right-back or right-wing-back, or occasionally I'll, I'll actually situate you further up the pitch... This is when you should go, when you shouldn't go. And it's his volley. Um, it's a good, good goal that, that turns the tie. So when you've got a Leipzig side whose first half of the season was was pretty undistinguished, but now I think, crucially, I've got Danny Olmo back. And I think that's really vital. And Kuku is having, you know, in, in episode one, if people want to go back and, and listen to it, he talked really eloquently about the way in which Vinicius's goal at, at City has been a little bit overlooked because of all the madcap um, antics about the whole of the rest of the game well in Kunku at, at Leipzig has been I think apart from maybe in France where they're talking about does he go back to Paris Saint-Germain and in Leipzig in Kunku's season in terms of goals and assists and in terms of a player literally sort of talent wise exploding and, and not going from you know silver level to gold level just from exploding from silver level and going to ultra platinum level in, in the one season it's been astounding to watch so I think that um, Rangers can be genuinely pretty exhilarated by the the way they competed first leg. Um, I think they can be exhilarated by the fact that it's still... I remember interviewing, again, Giovanni Bronkhorst, then a Barcelona players, player, about Ibrox. And he, he, he pointed out to me... Um, in fact, it might have been over Mars, he told me that Ruud van Nistelrooy had gone to Ibox as, as the lead striker for PSV Eindhoven and he and PSV Eindhoven had their arse handed to them and, and Overmars said to me, pardon me for the geo uh, mention, Overmars said to me, Ruud van Nistelrooy told me that he shot himself. The, 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 the aggressive, not the level of the noise, but the aggression. He'd never sampled anything like it. And these days, we, we tend, as a, as a media group, I think, to either vastly overplay Cauldron and just throw it in as a headline to sell a paper, or we, we say, ah, European travel and experiences are homogenised now, it's not a factor. I think it is. I think it genuinely is a factor. If, if Rangers, if Van Bronckhorst's team gives themselves a sniff against Leipzig and the crowd goes mental, I've, I've been there when uh, I've been, you know, in the enclosure... In the old enclosure, and I've been there as an Aberdeen fan in my pink Benetton jumper and my red and white scarf, and it's it's an experience. Eh? It's it's a proper experience, and I think that Leipzig starts favourites, not for the one 0 lead, but because they have they they play extremely quick, extremely dangerous counter attack football. Scottish teams have traditionally found that extremely hard to deal with. So in in my position, I think that Rangers are under favourites there. Um, but I would not, under any circumstances, uh, rule them out from going through to Seville, where probably they take what's the current record from Glasgow teams? Is it, it six hundred thousand? Neil, seven hundred thousand fans. So, yeah, Rangers in Seville. There's a prospect. 
Pete, um, both these teams, Rangers and West Ham, had huge games uh, yesterday as we record this on the Sunday preceding um, Thursday European semi-final second legs. And they kind of both went all in. You know, there was no question uh, from Rangers in the old firm game or from West Ham in a pretty important game against Arsenal that they were keeping much in reserve. David Moyes did start with um, two or three of his key guys on the bench, but they all finished the game on the pitch. And the tempo of the match was phenomenal. I mean, how much does that take out of what West Ham can do on Thursday night? And do you see any way back for them? Yeah, despite, despite as you say, they, 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 went, they went for it yesterday against Arsenal. Um, there's no question that this has become the focus of the, the entire season. It's been a marathon season, 52 games now. Um, and, the league, the, and the league form has, has suffered because they've concentrated so much on Europe. I think it's, I think it's no wins in four now. In the league, I still think they can do it. I, I, I think they can uh, they can get the result in in Frankfurt. Um, they did it against Lyon, didn't they? They one one draw in the first leg, and, and then and then ran out three 0 winners in France. Um, they didn't get a great result against Sevilla, albeit uh, against Sevilla, uh, the first leg was away, um, and they they did the business in the second leg. Um, uh, and Eintracht I, I Frankfurt aren't great at home. They, obviously, they don't need a win, but they've only won one of their last ten at home. And I think it might be a little bit of a shock for Eintracht Frankfurt in terms of, you know, the, the whole of this campaign. They felt like, um, well, they were certainly the underdogs against Barcelona. Um, now they're the favourites, um, and it's it's someone else's invasion that they're having to, that they will have to deal with. They'll, they'll be um, West Ham will be well supported, um, at least those that um, are not um, coming to Barcelona, because I think some of the supporters bought early tickets for Barcelona um, when the draw was originally made, um, and have either had to change them or will just come over to Barcelona and watch the and watch the game against Eintracht Frankfurt on the telly. Um, I th- I still think they can do it, um, uh, and I hope they do it. Um, I think it, it, David Moyes has done a, a terrific job, but um, at West Ham, um, Jarrod Bowen has had a t- terrific season, and, and I think he'll be key on the night. Sixteen goals now for him, so nearly got the equaliser in the first leg. Um, I think it's going to be one of uh, Moisey's greatest nights and I I think West Ham can reach the final Okay, let's head back to La Liga and a question from Socio Jake Garlic who says given there has not been much of a title race this season with Mallorca v Granada and Cadiz versus Elche could Saturday arguably be the biggest day of the season so far I think that's being a little bit unkind to Elche who seem to have elevated themselves above the scrap but it is an absolutely fascinating um, fight to avoid the drop how much of the sort of national eye has been drawn to what's happening at the bottom of La Liga this season given that it looks like Real Madrid are going to cruise their way to the title but you know but Jakester hold on a second you, you've you've built a triple decker there and I understand all the ingredients you put between the brown bread but I mean come on when, when Madrid went down to Seville that day um, was just like when the devil went down to Georgia rising up his bowl that was, you know, from my taste, it doesn't come much better or bigger than that. You've got the most dogged pursuer, a city that loves to take down Madrid's pants. You've got the nervy on with their their unbelievable um, anthem, which is only equaled by, you know, a, a, an inform Welsh rugby crowd at Cardiff Arms Park. It, it, and then, you you know, it's a two-goal start for Sevilla and Madrid win through. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can have another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we're struggling? Yeah, bosh. Hey, but so I'm in cheeky. Come on, 
the, the, the way you put a drum roll to this weekend, though, I like a lot. Neil's point about Elche having been... And, and t- t- to my taste, Elche's squad is as interesting and as powerful as I've ever seen at that club. Um, I, I, there's several of the players I really like watching. Um, I think Elche, like Neil pointed out, are, are safe. And your point, Jake, is that Cadiz need a big result there given what's going on elsewhere. So it's three of the four teams probably are on tinder hooks. And, and, and where I'll buy your argument, Jake, is that you know, something really extraordinary has happened in Mallorca because you know, the much-hated new stadium, which is such a bowl, and it's, it's got the, you know, the, the, the separation between the playing surface and, and the stands that everybody, everybody hates. Um, but they brought a little bit of it. They did what Real, Real Sociedad um, did while they were remodelling Anoeta, and they brought a sort of a staff, a temporary bleacher tribune in behind one of the goals. And they, they, between Aguirre and... Uh, um, I, I think it, we have to say Morici. I think it's a, probably a, a two-man thing that has lit the blue t- touch paper. The, the stadium's mental now. They're absolutely rabid. For, for it's, it's noisy. It, it infects the players. It's, it's doing a whole hell of a lot of good to and and players who've been at Mallorca for a long time like can't believe what they're seeing and hearing because um, you know it's 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 like uh, it's like playing in a ghost town normally I think and and therefore that's the game that draws my eye Granada have a have a head to head advantage on both the teams that are likely to to finish on equal points with them which is um, which is Cadiz and, and Mallorca so um, Granada are four one up from the first game against. Uh, against Mallorca so Mallorca getting the head-to-head back I doubt but three points will be absolutely gigantic I fancy them because it's still a very fledgling thing that um, Carranca's got going on Granada and although they've drastically improved from the game that got Torricia the, the sack against Levante it, it, it should be a Mallorca win but it, it, this being a relegation dogfight there'll be ultra drama there'll, there'll be some mad tackle or a red card or an own goal and you know they'll be they'll have to push the boulder uphill. I, 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 that's the game of the of the two you mentioned. That's the game for me, and I'm genuinely excited by Mallorca and genuinely impressed by you know they they took this this um, director of football director of football organisation from Villarreal, and instantly you can see that albeit that Sergio hasn't pulled up trees, he's better than Reina was. And although Morici now will, will undoubtedly go back to Lazio with either the Roman club saying, yeah, we're going to give you another shot or a better price tag on his head. He's more saleable now because he's a good footballer um, but beyond the fact that he's a man mountain. Um, but if that's the way forward, plus the 20 million investment that Mallorca have announced they're going to put into the stadium, I, I want them in, in La Liga next season. I unequivocally want them to stay up. And I think via a win against Granada, they, they, they can do it. Won't seal their, their fate arithmetically, but it's a hell of a game and it's one that I'll be glued to. Yes, it's um, really exciting down at the bottom. And uh, five teams, um, I, don't, I don't think Hitafi. The Hitafi played tonight against Betis, but I don't think you can count them as, as, part, of the, as part of the sides likely to go down. Um, 
what's made it so exciting is that um, Levante and Cadiz, who looked absolutely doomed, have, have started playing in the last few weeks. Some of the best football we've seen in in La Liga. Uh, it's probably going to come too late for Levante. Not necessarily for Cadiz. Um, Cadiz's approach since Sergio came in, who I don't remember being particularly uh, offensive at, at uh, via the lid, but they play pretty much four two. Four at times, two wingers, balls into the into the box. Negredo, when he plays, trying to get on the end of the crosses. Um, Alejo's been fantastic for them. Idrissi, um, they've they've made him. He's playing some of, some of the best football we've seen. He hasn't worked, didn't work from at Sevilla. Um, Cadiz don't deserve to go down. Levante don't deserve to go down. It's got nothing to do with what you do or don't deserve. Levante probably will go. Although actually, this weekend um, they they're at home to Real Sociedad. I fancy them getting another. Um, Victory, um, and if Mallorca were to draw with uh, Granada, then um, you know Levante will take the battle into in, into yet another week of the season. You you've believed for weeks now, Pete. You're the one voice that says this isn't over. They can do it. Si se puede. You've been you've been football loyal to to the change under Licia. I have to I have to point this out. You've you saw it early that there was. I've I can I consistently thought nah nah don't don't they don't defend well enough but you've believed and they're repaying you. Well, and Catherine is back now. He he, he was on the bench at the weekend, obviously yes. not hundred percent. But if he plays for the, yes. the last four games, then that gives them a chance because defensively they're comical, but they're so good going forward. And this is even without De Frutas and Roger Marti have been injured. De Frutas won't be back before the end of the season. Roger maybe. Morales is never gonna is never gonna throw the towel in. He's been heroic in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's been a little bit like they were under Paco Lopez. That you know, performances worthy of a team chasing Champions League place, and then and, and then a performance worthy of a team that should be playing in the second tier already. Uh, and, they, uh, and they've unearthed a diamond, Pete and Pepe Luno. Pepe oh, is a, a proper footballer. Absolutely, um, he's had a sensational season, and. Um, um, probably their probably their player of the season. Yeah, totally agree with that. So you know they're not completely out of it, and they're the team propping everybody else up. Alaves, um, it, it, new coach comes in. It's not a lot he can do. You really are just moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic. But he gets a great result at the weekend, uh, so they still have a chance. Granada Granada were pretty rotten yesterday, and yet they get a a ninety second minute equaliser. So that's where the excitement is at the moment. Those five teams scrapping away and uh, Aguirre at Mallorca, he didn't quite do it with Leganes, um, but I'm with Graham that I, th- that I think he will do it for, for Mallorca and I think Mallorca will beat uh, Carampas Granada at the weekend. Wow, Jake Garlic, you unlock something there. That does sound <laughs> like... That does sound like it's going to be worth watching between now and the end of the season. Exciting. And I think we might even hear some of those um, names coming back up in our next question, which comes after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back with a question from Socio Tom Lee, who says, Manchester United need to address a multitude of problems with a pool of players this summer, which La Liga or even Segunda players, preferably younger and still to fully develop, are potentially available and would best adapt to the English game. If consulted, and I know you guys often are, who would you recommend they try to sign to improve their operation? So the first two signings are from uh, Real Madrid and they're obvious. They should go into the transfer market and sign Florentino Perez and Carlo Ancelotti. Because uh, whether you prefer the Johan Cruyff Bible style of we have a plan at Barcelona or whether you prefer the Florentino um, we have a checkbook and we have haughtiness, the fact is he doesn't stand around for any bullshit. And before, and Tom knows this, before Manchester United think about, well, <clears throat> there, there's, there's a wonderful centre forward, that's our problem sword. You, you, you sign Florentino Perez to take one look at the practices and the behaviour and the decision chain, and he buys out the Glazers, he sacks half the people who are involved in the football organisation at Manchester United, and Carlo Ancelotti comes in and says, um, this is how we're running daily training. You, you guys get on with the academy and, and, and you guys get on with whatever you want to do corporately. But this, this is how a proper training ground is run. This is how my first team squad is treated. Here are the standards that I expect. And he does his player whispering. And for 85% of the players that Manchester United have already got, because there is nothing, literally nothing, better in the transfer market than saying we've got a coach and a, and a structure at a club that will get that will squeeze what we should be getting out of the majority of our squad. It's much better to keep and improve a footballer than go out and sign a new one. Much. It's just that it's not an art that, that many are bestowed with. And I'm not portraying Ancelotti as the as the guy with the with the big the big New York cudgel who'll beat everything into shape. He's the guy who understands how to make underperforming high profile footballers rediscover their, their their pride and their motivation and I think that's a lot a lot of what's wrong at Manchester United because the environment there um, on a day to day basis and in a if you you know people do these charts don't they where they show a trend and it's like oh, if we're going down like that down 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 
if you're part of any organisation, I challenge anybody listening to this not to admit that if you're part of an organisation where you look and you see rank disorganisation and stupidity all around you that doesn't affect you, it does. This is not a defence of United's players, but I I honestly believe it's a cold-eyed assessment that um, there there are... a minimum of 80% of those players could be retained and made to play in, in, a, in a much more competitive, much more aggressive, much more proud manner. So sign Florentino and let him get put the fox amongst the hens. Ancelotti with him, because I think Ancelotti is one of those um, man managers who, who makes a difference first amongst the players, amongst the attitudes, amongst the the beliefs and the ambitions and I think that's I think that's his, his his premier strength after which you know if you want to go out and, and, and spend money Tom Boy then you'd probably be able to tell us as well as, as anybody else but you know if, if in Newcastle nearly did it but I'm not sure that Koundé is the, is the right player necessarily for a centre half at a, at a Premier League club unless it's a centre half next to a towering brilliant player like like uh, Diaz at City or like Van Dijk at Liverpool but but Diego Carlos w- would would wreak havoc next to Varane I think and I think that's one of the areas that, that I would go to and I, I think Tom talked about up and coming footballers is that right? I, f- f- um, I, I, I hesitate to, 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 to say this I'm, I'm going to give a negative here and I feel quite daring because Pete made me reopen my eyes to De Jong at Barcelona recently and I've watched and seen the areas where um, he remains a good footballer but I th- he was good last night wasn't he Graham he was good last night he was better he was distinctly yeah. better and I thought it genuinely helped him that Depay was there they played instinctive passes, movement where neither one of them needed to look or speak, and and from each to the other, and it wasn't just one way from De Jong to to Memphis. It 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 transformed him. But the reason I say I, I, I pick on him is that there there have been you know quite powerful stories that Manchester United want De Jong, and, and my central criticism of him is that what do the Italians call it, uh, or is it Spanish pecho frío? You know, he is not, he is a player whereby, I'm not calling him fair weather, but if the wind is in his favour, there are significant things that he does well and potentially lots of development left there. But to jet him in there, Tom, uh, as some of the papers say that United want to do, because they see a, a, an opportunity, they see a bus on a side deep in debt that might want to sell, might have to sell, um, the stories are here that, that the president has kind of run out of a bit of patience with him. But economics drive Barcelona. I, I, I do not believe that if he leaves, that that's the right club for him or he's the right player for them because I, I, United need footballers who are not only extremely capable technically, but are there to, to wage a war on the problems within the club and wage a war on every opponent that turns up at Old Trafford. And for my taste, if if United have identified Frankie De Jong as that footballer, then I, I think he'd be going to the wrong side of the city in Manchester. Chief Scout Pete Jensen, who do you fancy for this task? 
if United want um, a, a midfielder from La Liga, I think I agree with Graham. Uh, De Jong is not for them. They're better off going for Miguel Marino, uh, at oh, Real wow, Sociedad, wow. um, who, 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 who will suit their style and suit the Premier League style far more. In terms of other players, Valencia will sell again uh, this summer uh, if they can. Uh, they've got three top players, Gaia, Soler and Geddish. I'm not sure any of them would necessarily be what 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 United need. There's a there's a young kid at Betis by the name of Fekir um, <laughs> who's been sensational this season. Um, it was a risk of all those years ago for Liverpool that in the end they didn't take. He's 28 now. Uh, Betis are lining up Isco, so maybe they sense that he he, he might go Fekir. Um, but you know, throwing names up in the air Inigo Martinez is another one who's had a brilliant season uh, Graham talks about um, Diego Carlos um, Inigo Martinez I think Athletic of um, I can't remember the stat no clean sheets with him out without him and 15 with him in the side and he's been a real leader big gamble last summer to not play international football with Spain it could have ended badly but he's had such a good season um, but uh, I love Graham's idea about um, just getting <laughs> Perez and at first, I thought he was on about the Getafe midfielder, Florentino, but um, no, Florentino Perez and uh, Ancelotti. And, and stop trying to build something long term and just become, just take the Madrid approach, exactly. You know, the, our philosophy is we win. Um, we don't need any more of a philosophy than, than that. I like it. Okay, let's wrap things up with a final question from Socio Michael Williams. Michael, thank you for getting in touch. Michael asks Is Marcelino going to stay at Athletic? I've read that he has his eyes on the Spain job after the World Cup. Well, Graham, I know that you're going to be covering the the Spanish team at the World Cup once again. I guess you don't cast your eyes beyond the, the current campaign, but Marcelino? Well, which, which campaign? I'm going to hand quickly to, very quickly to Pete here, because which campaign are you talking about? Are you talking about Spain's campaign in Qatar, or are you, or, or are you talking about the, the electoral campaign at San Mames? Because the president will change this summer, and it's extremely traditional that a president coming in, not irrespective of how the incumbent manager has done, but almost irrespective, they they want their own bitch. And uh, Marcelino is not everybody's taste. He, I, I think he is, an, I genuinely think he is an extraordinary coach. I am brutal to work under. You, you're weighed twice a day, every day. The level of work and training is, is I think, pretty astonishing. But he's, he's got um, that, that educative quality where he gets through to footballers. He transforms team units and individual footballers. And broadly, he, he's a winner. And therefore, I think that makes him a, a huge commodity. So the, the reason I'm ducking out is I know that this is a subject that Pete's really good on, and, and all I'd say is that I, 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 I'm not. I, I don't think that Marcino is next Spain coach. One, you know, it's let's wait and see what Pete says about whether he stays at Athletic or not. Two, I, I, I have a deep suspicion that the director of football at the National Federation, Molina, fancies the the national job if if and when Luis Enrique leaves. I, I think and. If you have a little quarry of one and you point yourself, then it's job done, isn't it, really? So let's wait and see on that one. And I think Marcelino, I genuinely think he, he fancies a little bit of the the good life in the Premier League at some stage in his life. So but anyway, look, I said I would be brief and I wasn't that brief, but Pete, am I am I 
playing any of the right tunes? Well, um, not, there are various pre-candidates for the um, to take over the presidency of Athletic, and, and none of them um, want Marcelino as a new coach. So you're absolutely right. Um, um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and whether him getting Athletic into Europe, which is now very possible. I mean, they're one point behind seventh place Villarreal. Um, and they were good again at the weekend, beating Atletico Madrid. So whether that would change because of that. But um, um, one of the pre-candidates has, wants to try and get Pochettino. One of the pre-candidates wants to bring back Bielsa. Um, the obvious choices to take over um, would be Iraola or Val- Ernesto Valverde, but neither of them want to s- sign up with any of the, the, the candidates. They all want to wait and see what happens in the election. Uh, I think it may well end up being Iraola, um, um, having done so well at Rio, and, and there's not much of a long-term future for him there. Um, Marcelino, I think, has done a great job. Um, he's criticised for not winning the finals, but I think it's an achievement to get them there. You're always hamstrung uh, uh, athletic because you can't, obviously you can't find in the transfer market what you don't have organically and they don't have a striker. Um, despite that, um, you know, they've, they've scored goals this season. Um, they're certainly outscoring their, their Basque City, their Basque rivals who, who they may even catch because there's, they're four points behind Rio Sociedad with the four games left to play. Um, and in terms of Marcelino's future, um, Graham knows the, the Spain situation far better than I do. I, I think I probably agree with him that maybe he's not right for that, for that particular job. Uh, I think the Italian sides have, got, have gone after him in the past. Milan and Inter have both looked at Marcelino. I think he quite fancies that. Graham's right. He also would love to work in England. Um, and, um, you know, he, he's a manager, not unlike Emery, that... Um, you know, takes teams to finals. Um, good things happen when he's in charge. Players tend to get tired of him um, within two or three years. But um, as a kind of uh, as an as an instant impact coach, and he's, that certainly happened at Athletic. Um, I think um, there are a lot of clubs that will be looking at him at the end of the season, and I hope for him that he bows out at Athletic, having put them in back into Europe. I, I, I would I would throw this in, and it's it's a great. It's been a good question from Michael. And as, as ever, we appreciate all the socios who listen and who support the podcast um, every month and, and who send questions in today. But, Michael, this was a good one. And I, I genuinely believe that if, you, if we change the position rather than uh, you and Pete and I talking about um, what, what Marcelino might be thinking or might be wanting, whatever, in my opinion, and we touched on this in episode one, if Aleti don't go through the Champions League... I think there's a natural, happy, thank you for the moment, see you in six or seven years break between Atleti and Tolo Simeone. And if, if we watch successions of, you know, either great dynasties or intensely good managerial spells at clubs, it, it's very difficult for the next step. And it, no matter how long Tolo Simeone lasts, whether he does another seven years or not, it's going to be intensely difficult for Atleti to replace him. like Marcelino, without any doubt in my book, would be the right next guy in. Um, not, not, not to repeat what Cholo's done, because Cholo is now the most successful coach in the history of Atleti. But in terms of keeping standards, in terms of using the players better, in terms of a new voice, but the same discipline, the same ideas about what it's like to wear an Atleti shirt and what the fans want to see, 
Um, and if you if you tot up, I mean, the, the, probably the three big things for Mars would would be bringing VRL straight back up with a flotilla of I don't know twenty buses and ten thousand fans, all in yellow, going up to Barsabi's mini sta- stadium, which is now you know rubble, and 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 winning promotion in the first season um, of being down there back. That was sensational. The cup final win, getting to the cup final, the cup final win for Valencia, where. He, you know, spanked Valverde's Barca. That was just... And he got sat, remember, there for, for Saint of the Port. I want, you know, I want to play Champions League football. We want to improve the score because I want to take you into the Champions League. And look at them now, idiots. And and then, you know, that Super Cup win for, for Athletic where you got the feeling that they only really won the trophies that Big Villa Libre could, could get his trumpet out. Fnar! Oh, don't, don't please yourself. Don't titter. Oh, please, don't, don't please yourselves. You know, if you can if you can unleash the musical ability of your bearded striker by winning a trophy, and you do it just so that you can, you know, Roy Castle it, then it's the man for me. I never realised Graham's Frankie Alves was that good. You beat me to it. I mean, a first-rate and world-class Frankie Howard, and you know, as broad a menu of cultural references as you could possibly wish for in an answer. That's how we end our penultimate Q&A show for the 21-22 season. We'll be back one more time at the end of the month. Until then, thank you very much indeed for listening. Thanks to every single one of you socios who sent in a question. And thank you to Graham and Pete as ever. Enjoy your football and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.